Hello and welcome to Consensus Conversations 2022, presented by Oak Network, live from Austin, Texas. Hello, we are here at Consensus 2022 by Coindesk, and we're recording from the Coindesk podcast booth sponsored by the Oak Network. I'm Eleanor Paul, and today I'm here with Alex Edelman, CEO of Lolly, a Bitcoin rewards app with a focus on increasing accessibility and adoption to Bitcoin. Hello. Hey, thanks for having me. So let's just start out. You had a pretty big announcement recently about just increasing that reward option and moving from online shopping to physical shopping. So why don't you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so you know we've been the leader in Bitcoin rewards for the last four years. And where we started was with online commerce and giving people the ability to earn on all their online shopping. We onboarded over 1,000 merchants to date. Brought on over 500,000 users into Bitcoin, and now we're expanding into in-store. Uh, you know, the world is moving out out of COVID time. They're going into their, their restaurants again, grocery stores again. And about a year ago, we were like, okay, let's provide more ways for people to earn more money and merchants the ability to attract new customers. So uh, we launched this a few weeks ago, and we already have brought on CVS, uh, Shake Shack, and then more recently Safeway and Albertsons as of today. Okay, neat. And so how have you seen that being picked up? Is it something that a lot of your users are excited about adding? Yeah, I, I think people are really, like, they really love earning free things, I think, in yeah. general. And when that free thing happens to be Bitcoin that has a lot of value and there's only 21 million of these things, I think our earlier users have seen Bitcoin go up from like 4,000 when we first launched, now up to 30,000. And I think a lot of people have like, you know, through education, have seen like why Bitcoin is so important for the world. We're now in a, you know, inflationary time when, when inflation of our fiat currency is 7%. And in many parts of the world, it's way greater than that. So I think people are starting to like understand inflation more than they ever have, be more, more educated of why their eggs and milk are, are inflated uh, every single day and cost more and more and their purchasing power is less. And so given that there is now a thing that is deflationary in nature, makes it really powerful a moment for Bitcoin. And so I think we're at this moment in time where we're most likely going, unfortunately, into a recession. And I think it feels almost inevitable at this point. And so I think people are going to be looking to save money more than ever. And we've built the best savings tool in the world on top of the best savings technology in the tool being Bitcoin. And I think people are going to just want to keep earning more and in more places. Great. Sweet. So what should people do after getting Bitcoin on Lolly? Where do they go next? How would you um, educate them? Because now they have Bitcoin and that's great. They've been introduced. What's the next steps for people on your platform? Well, historically, I think Bitcoin has been best served to hold. It's been an incredible store of value. Uh, It teaches people, I think, how to save money. And I think for most people that have been successful in like, quote unquote, investing in Bitcoin, it's been people who have held and never sold, right? It's like, not traders of Bitcoin because most people can't predict the market. It's a brand new industry, brand new market, incredibly difficult to predict. So I think like the sort of the game to be played of Bitcoin is like how much can you accumulate and how much can you hold? And people, you know, average consumers that have treated it as a, as a savings account, whereas fiat is your checking account, I think that's how most people are starting to look at Lolly and, and, uh, and Bitcoin in general. We know about coupon-related apps, so I can definitely see the tie-in online shopping. It's accessible. We know how to sign up. Do you think people might have any doubts about putting their credit card or debit 
on Wally? No, I mean people link their accounts all the time with uh, you know neo banks and uh, neo banks have you know hundreds of millions of users at this point. So I think people are very comfortable with with that. We've proven I think you know to be a very trusting you know party. We've been very focused on just Bitcoin. We've never you know shilled anything. Uh, we haven't created our own token. We've had like a, you know several competitors emerge over the years that try to compete with us by launching their own you know shitcoin basically and they've fallen into oblivion. I think people trust us I, and, and that's like, you know, I think a, a huge piece of this space. So right now, like you hook up your, your credit or debit card and you have an incentive to do so because you're earning more rewards on it. And it's, you know, bank level encryption, secure, we use uh, vetted third parties. So people are very used to using these like bank aggregators like Plaid and MX and Thinicity to connect their accounts and create sort of this like financial communication between uh, different entities. Okay. And then let's go a little broad here. So we had an all-time high, I mean, a while ago now, but still, it was incredibly exciting. I know that during that time, a ton of people were like, holy crap, crypto. And now we're a bit lower. So how would you see all these people who are new to crypto being brought in because of these bonus rewards? It's not like they're necessarily investing. How would you anticipate that they feel about these ups and downs and volatility in crypto? Yeah, I think like it's tough um, because rationally and for like most like experienced investors, you buy the dip and you sell high. Um, the average consumer doesn't quite do that, you know, historically. So uh, it's quite the opposite. So teaching somebody that uh, a coin or Bitcoin in particular or stock is is rising into into oblivion, you might want to like think about not like buying the top or try to try to not time the top. And then if you believe in something and you've done the research on Bitcoin or stock or or an alternative currency, I, I look at like now is an incredible time to like get in um, and less about like price or, or anything. It's like now is an incredible time to learn about Bitcoin. Bitcoin was made in a, in a financial crisis and uh, it, it was sort of used to combat, I think, a lot of the things that we're now seeing 11, 12, 13 years later. I think like now's the best time for people, I'll say like now's the best time for people to learn about Bitcoin. And I personally think the easiest way uh, to do that is to earn it. You don't have to take your hard earned money and invest it. You can eventually once you learn about it. And I think like everybody should make in is intelligent and in investing decisions. You know, there's a whole meme in the space that I really love, which is like do your own research. And like um, a lot of people just ape in. They don't, they don't, they don't uh, do their own research. So our goal is like, taking something that historically you could only get through mining or through investing, and we're trying to make Bitcoin a part of everyday life. And we, we know that Bitcoin was not made part of everyday life through Satoshi's original vision on payments. I think it eventually will be, and it, and it is in, in many countries, but in most established markets like the US, we have no incentive to pay with a cryptocurrency that is volatile and has gone up historically. There's no reason to pay with Bitcoin. So I think that if you're trying to think of something you do every day, most people shop five, six, seven times a day. And so if you can remind somebody five, six, seven times a day about Bitcoin and make it a part of their daily life, and you don't have to do it around spending, but you can do it around earning, you're achieving the same goal. You're making people think about Bitcoin every day and pay attention to Bitcoin without actually having to have them spend it. Okay. One thing I'm just thinking about is recently there's been a huge upswing in things like play to earn, move to earn. And what's funny is that rewards is the original like spend to earn. Do you think that these other types of things are also helpful in increasing adoption? 
It's a great observation. Yes and no. I think that run to earn or the walk to earns that have existed before are businesses that aren't necessarily built on like great business models. You're basically paying for someone to do something that doesn't have value, right? You going and walking outside doesn't have value. No one's paying for that. And you know, these these like grandiose dreams of getting insurance companies to pay for that, how many companies have risen and fallen because they thought that they could get an insurance company to give people a little bit better premiums, a little bit better insurance because these people walk. And I just don't think that's like a real world that we live in. I think that's like a story I think a lot of these companies tell. The whole run to earn model built on like NFTs is a Ponzi scheme uh, at its, its core. It's like very obvious. You're getting people to pay for these NFTs so that they can earn more every day. And every single NFT that is sold after that is somebody saying, oh, look, I'm earning $200. Why, why on earth is, would someone pay you $200 for your morning walk? There's no reason, absolute no reason. I don't understand the delusion that people have to think why you deserve $200 for your walk every single day. It's literally a Ponzi scheme and it'll go to zero. And I'm just like, it's just bizarre that, that people believe that this is like, they deserve $200 to go walk. Like, no, with shop to earn, the thing that is, that makes sense is like, you're literally going and spending money at this place. You're, you're being incentivized to shop at, at CVS instead of Walgreens, right? Like those two companies have money, they're paying Facebook and, and Google 30, 40% of their margin to go acquire you. The beautiful thing about Spend to Earn is it's an existing business. It's actually making it more efficient for the merchant to, to acquire a user, and it's removing the middlemen of Facebook and Google who are charging ad dollars and, and building you know, the best ad platform of all time to ultimately try to acquire you and make it more expensive for the end product because the markup of uh, marketing cost. So what we're trying to do is remove them, we're trying to move everybody. We're saying, just pay the consumer directly. Pay them to shop. Like you're already paying Google, you're already paying Facebook 40%, why not pay them 5%, 10%? And that's why our rates are so high. People are earning up to 30% and are like, oh my God, it seems too good to be true. No, it's literally true. Like there is a price that every consumer has for when they sh choose to shop at CVS over Amazon, CVS over Walgreens, and why like CVS is willing to pay us for you to shop at, the, at their store. It's an existing model. It, it makes total sense. You're not getting $200 to walk <laughs> every day. And this is a good point to mention that there is no fee for these new credit and debit card integration? Correct. Everything is free and we'll never sell your data. We're not incentivized to sell your data. I believe that people should control their own data. We're trying to remove the world of like, you know, every consumer being just like monetized by, you know, whatever data that they're willing to share. I believe that this is the piece where we're like super aligned with this new world of, we have elements of, of Web2 being like a cashback company and working with merchants. But on the Web3 side, you know, we're taking, you're setting a precedent and saying, consumers should own their data and choose what, what they sell. And right now, like a merchant is willing to pay for an anonymous user to come shop because the only thing they care about is that you swipe that card and that you bought something. They don't need to know who you are. That's the beautiful thing about Lolly. And then I just want to dive a little bit into your, I guess, mission with Bitcoin here. So of course, you know, there's tons of cryptocurrencies out there and networks and all that. And you've stuck with Bitcoin the whole time. And I would just love to hear about why and if you think that's going to change in the future. Yeah, so, so Bitcoin to me is the most important innovation that I've seen in my lifetime. 
the internet clearly like you know came I guess early in my lifetime and before my lifetime but it's I think that Bitcoin is incredible in that it connects four and a half billion people with an internet connection through money and it provides uh, financial freedom for all of those people anyone with internet connection can now have the basic human right of financial freedom they can truly own their money and they can be self-sovereign I think the other innovation that it had is that it proved that you could decentralize a money and not have any one entity control that money. So the you know moving into a world uh, like that is a more equitable world, a, a better world. And I think that the next wave of cryptocurrencies has a lot to prove. And I would never consider myself a Bitcoin maximalist. I would consider myself a Bitcoin optimist. I believe in a long-term future for Bitcoin. I think it's incredibly important what it's already done and what it will continue to do for the world. And it's already served its value to society. And that's why we've been so adamant of like, this is the most important thing to teach people. And this is where we want the entry point to be. Ultimately, I believe in a free market, and the free market is very much demanding alternative currencies. It's demanding stable coins, it's demanding Ethereum. It is demanding, you know, shit coins as well. It's sort of an ethical issue of like, do I think that there should be this sort of like casino uh, on our platform and diminish, you know, our brands by giving people the ability to earn a, a currency that I know for almost fact that is going to go to zero. While we are a rewards platform, which is free money, it's not like you're taking your hard-earned money and investing in it. It's a little bit different ethically than like an exchange. Um, but most of the exchanges have been built on offering alternative currencies on the long on the long tail. That's been their whole model. For me, it's I want to offer you the best currency. I want you to be rewarded and have this sense of security. So we do have uh, standards that we set, and we have set that as the Bitcoin standard. I think that I'm really excited about stablecoins and stablecoin development. I think one of my criticisms of Bitcoin is just the natural, naturally Bitcoin is a store of value and not, and people don't want to spend it. It's not a medium of exchange yet. In countries that have a higher volatile native currency, a higher volatile fiat currency, Bitcoin is a store of value and a medium of exchange because it's less volatile and a better store of value and a better medium of exchange than our existing currencies. In the US, that's not the case. And in most established countries, that it's not the case. So I think what I'm really excited about is like having stable coins be this thing that gets the masses into paying with cryptocurrencies, removing the fiat institutions that have been taxing the medium of exchanges for decades, and ultimately giving people the ability to pay cheaper, better, safer. That's what I'm really excited about for this sort of next wave. And then we are very much looking at Ethereum. We have gotten a lot of demand. I am very excited about NFTs. I do think that it's uh, done a, a big service for creators and, and artists to monetize their work and to be rewarded for the work that they do. So it's very exciting to see. Um, also culturally, Ethereum has taken the cultural zeitgeist because it's spoken to artists, it's spoken to creators, and it's given them a path to like monetize their work uh, and create value. So I think there's a lot of grifters in the space and a lot of uh, NFTs that will go to zero. Most of them will go to zero, but there is a lot of good that's happening right now. It's heading in the right direction. Okay, well, thank you. So you're all about removing the middlemen and also culturally you'd like more of that to happen in the financial system as well, even Absolutely. beyond your own company. Just great conversation. Yeah, so thank, thank you. you for having me. That's a wrap on today's Consensus Conversations. This episode was edited by Ryan Huntington and Eleanor Paul. If you enjoyed this content, be sure to tune into more special Consensus 2022 podcast episodes coming out soon.